Just what role do disease-specific prescription diets play when it comes to treating your pet with a certain condition? Well, that's what I'm going to be talking about today as I answer a question from a lady who has a Labrador just been diagnosed with dilated cardiomyopathy. So that's a form of heart failure. And she's wondering, actually, is this the best thing that she can be feeding her dog or is there a better home-cooked option? But before I get into that, here's the intro. Welcome to Call the Vet, the show that answers all your dog and cat questions so they can live healthier, happier lives. And here's your host, veterinarian Dr. Alex Avery. Hi, and welcome to the 33rd episode of the Call the Vet show. So I'm Dr. Alex, and I'm the veterinarian behind rpetshealth.com. And my aim on these podcasts is to answer any questions you have about how to look after your dog or your cat to the best of your ability. I even had a rabbit question last show. So whatever it is, no matter what you're wondering about, if it's just how to look after them to the best of your ability, if it's how to um, prevent them from becoming sick in the first place, how to keep them as healthy as possible, or if they are unwell and you've got some decisions to make about how their care should look like then just get in touch go to callthevet.org and you can submit your question there also if you do enjoy these shows um, and you're interested in hearing more then make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on any future episodes and if you are a fan i'd appreciate it so much if you could leave me a review on apple podcasts or wherever you're listening to this podcast because it really helps more than you can imagine with other people discovering this podcast with it surfacing in search results and that kind of thing and that allows me to help more pet owners which is what I'm all about but now that intro's out the way let's get into today's question get your questions answered at callthevet.org And today's question is from Susan, who writes that her nine-year-old lab has just been diagnosed with DCM, so that's dilated cardiomyopathy, and now is on Royal Canin Early Cardiac Formula. I hate that he has to be on overprocessed kibble, especially after doing so well on dehydrated raw, because he doesn't suffer from bloody mucusy poops anymore. And so she's asking, is raw diet really bad for his DCM issues, or is it that because vets are usually sponsored by big kibble companies, which she writes in capital letters, and have to prescribe them? And then the second question or second part of the question is, Susan uh, wanted to know if she can make a home cooked diet that is balanced with all the nutrients and amino acids like taurine that can be equally as effective in controlling his DCM. So I'm going to start off my answer to this question by saying that I don't really know where the myth comes from that vets are sponsored and paid off by pet food companies uh, to sell their products unnecessarily and that all vets kind of push these unnecessary diets on our patients. So yes, pet food companies, they will sponsor um, events, they'll sponsor kind of big um, conferences and that kind of thing. Um, But you know, I've never received any money from a pet food company to sell their products. I've never been paid to push one product, one food over another food. And I'm not aware of any other vet who has. It certainly would be unethical if that was, you know, that was the case and there wasn't a clinical reason for prescribing these diets. Now, we do as vets make money from selling products that shouldn't come as a surprise to you there is a markup on food there's a markup on drugs there's a markup on um, accessories on you know food bowls on whatever it is that's being sold in the the veterinary clinic on leads on collars but that's the same as any retail shop so we'll get our stores or our, our stock from a supplier 
that will then be marked up and then that will be sold on. But that's the same, like I say, in any shop. So that shouldn't come as a surprise to you. In actual fact, um, the markup on food um, is typically very low. So there's not a huge amount of money that's been made. Now, you could say, well, in the long term, because that food is something that needs to be bought again and again and again, then, you know, there's certainly a benefit in in selling that. And, you know, no one would say that there's no money to be made. But but I don't know where this myth comes from that, that vets are just paid off to push these foods and push their diet. We prescribe these diets in those patients that really need them or we're advising a particular food because we believe it's a good quality food. We believe that um, it is the best thing to feed your pet. So that's where that recommendation comes from. There's a whole load of myths. There's a whole load of um you know, kind of misinformation about diets in particular online and it can actually be very difficult to find good information because we tend to get polarized views so you'll tend to if we're taking raw food for an example you'll tend to have the the avid raw feeders who say that um, any kind of commercial any cooked commercial diet and any kibble in particular is the source of all disease from you know that, that your pet is suffering from that if you feed them on a raw diet it will go away and I've certainly read that um, and if you go if you look for any condition um, the treatment you're probably going to find someone to suggest that they that you switch to feeding raw and your problem will go away but then on the other hand you've got people who will say that raw um, is absolutely the wrong thing it's incredibly harmful it's really dangerous it's very irresponsible and basically you get these two camps kind of shouting at each other with no middle ground being made no compromise if you like or no recognition that actually it's kind of quite a gray area rather than a black and white topic so Really, we prescribe prescription diets and they're called prescription diets because we are using them to treat specific conditions. They don't need a prescription as such. You don't need to have your vet write you a prescription to uh, buy one of these diets, but they're called prescription diets because we only use them to treat specific conditions. They're not um, something that we would recommend to be fed to to any pet uh, that isn't suffering from that disease. Now, that's not to say that there's any harm in that um, necessarily, and most of them are uh, absolutely completely balanced diets that would be appropriate to feed pretty much every animal. You know, there's exceptions to that, you know, especially growing puppies and um, prescription diets are, are often not appropriate for that but in a general adult healthy dog they would typically do fine on any prescription diet but we're not recommending that because these diets are a little bit more expensive because there's a lot more gone into them a lot more research that's gone into them and this is the big thing there is generally very good evidence supporting the use of these diets now that might not be the case in every diet but in the vast majority there is really good evidence that these diets uh, will improve quality of life they'll improve quantity of life they'll maybe reduce severity of the disease they'll reduce the um, frequency of flare-ups i'm thinking here like kidney diets some skin diets weight loss diets um, urinary disease diets joint support diets or arthritis diets you know there's a lot of evidence that these diets are incredibly good at reducing the symptoms improving comfort improving life expectancy compared to dogs or cats that are fed a normal um, kind of bog standard if you like maintenance diet so I don't have to prescribe them if I don't feel that they're appropriate and I certainly don't prescribe them if I don't feel that they're appropriate but for a lot of cases actually they make a really valuable addition to any treatment plan. Now there's going to be other things involved with the plan typically Uh, you know there may be other other uh, treatments that's needed so for example in a dog with DCM so dilated cardiomyopathy like Susan's dog then um, typically something like Vetmedin might be given so that's Pimabendan um, maybe um, diarin or excuse me Furosemide Furosemide diarin is the trade name um, may be given as well so it depends on kind of where um, along the kind of the pathway of disease that 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 dog is suffering from are they um, preclinical so not actually suffering 
suffering from heart failure directly or are they in heart failure and needing additional treatments and again there may be other treatments that are appropriate for this dog based on everything that's going on so diets they do play a role they're very important in a lot of conditions and they make can make a big difference now if we're talking about raw versus kibble in general is there going to be is is raw diets uh, really bad for his dcm issues now the thing with raw diets is there's actually really very little evidence that they make uh, well that they make any difference at all that there's any benefits at all with them there's a lot of claimed benefits but actually if you try and find um feeding studies and things like that they're just not available yet now i i hope and i'm sure that that will come in the future and it may well be that in the future we do know that um, feeding a particular raw diet is beneficial to a dog or a cat with a particular health condition or just in general and that's the best thing that we can feed them but there's just none none of that information we're dealing completely with an- anecdotes so that's people's stories about their dog doing well on raw food equally i've certainly read plenty of stories about dogs doing badly on raw food so what often happens is that people who like to feed raw food they focus on the positive reports and they don't consider the negative so that's just a natural a natural effect it's called confirmation bias that we just look for things that agree with us so in my mind there's actually no real benefits proven benefits to feeding a raw food now there is some negative so there's an infection risk and that's a particularly important to consider if you've got um, young children um, if you've got elderly people or if you've got immunocompromised people in the house because there's the infection risk as well as being to your pet it's also to ourselves now if you're um, a healthy normal healthy adult who's preparing the food um, just as you would prepare your own kind of raw food then the likelihood is you can mitigate those risks and it's not too important. It's something to be aware of, but it's not something to worry about. But if you're in a higher risk situation, then you really do need to think twice about that. Equally, commercial diets, they do pose some risk especially if there's a manufacturing error. So that's been seen in the recent um, vitamin D toxicity recall um, from some Hills food and other food uh, at the start of the year. Uh, Or if there's a formulation issue that maybe was unexpected. um, And an example of that is uh, the grain-free diets potentially causing heart failure warning that has, again, been happening kind of over the last 12 months or so. So it's really important that we think about you know what we're feeding our pet clearly um you know good diet is a a major source of health in general um but we also need to be aware of all the risks and actually the evidence behind any benefit now it's like i say it's a huge topic i've actually written a a complete um guide on this and if you're interested in that free ebook if you go to ourpetshealth.com slash raw diet guide you can download that ebook it's about Oh, 10,000 words or something. So it's a pretty comprehensive guide um, that will kind of talk you through whether that's something that you should be considering um, or maybe it's something that you want to, um, you know, have second thoughts about and feed something different instead. Now, as for feeding for a disease, the same thing goes. There's absolutely no evidence that raw feeding for heart failure in this case or for any other disease is beneficial. Now, that's not to say it's worse but we just have no evidence behind it so i think it would be remiss of me to say um oh yeah absolutely you can try feeding raw when i know there is a diet that has got evidence behind it that will improve the health of your pet with that disease so in one situation we would be speculating say well maybe raw would be better who knows why don't you give it a go I don't think that's really appropriate if I know that there's something else you could be feeding your pet that has got a proven 
benefit behind it. So that's definitely something to consider. And then if we're thinking about home cooked recipes, so home cooked recipes is something that, you know, is is maybe going to be the best thing for certain conditions. So I'm thinking um, dietary allergies, that kind of thing. Um, you know, there may be other reasons that we want to home cook her food. Um, now, these are really difficult to be balanced to to be formulated to be made so that they're actually balanced in general even if we're just dealing with a a healthy animal and in my mind if we're looking for a home cooked recipe really they should be something that's formulated by a registered um, nutritional specialist Um, you know they're going to be able to formulate a diet that's completely balanced as well as meeting the needs of your particular pet based on their history their body condition the diseases that they're suffering from And, and really you know making a balanced diet is hard and making one that could help control a disease process is going to be even harder. So it's actually very easy to do more harm than good if you are just, um, you know, kind of Googling a, a home-cooked recipe or trying to make up a home-cooked recipe yourself. Because, there, again, there have been studies that have shown that even if you're varying that recipe to try and make it balanced, uh, the chances are that you're not going to be providing all of the nutrients that your dog will need. So, again, if your dog or your cat is unwell, then Generally, I don't think a home-cooked recipe is going to be the best thing, with the caveat that if you are going down this route, then it should be formulated and you should be kind of in contact with a registered nutritional specialist to do that formulation for you and to provide you with a, a kind of a feeding menu, if you like, for your pet. So... That's my thoughts on this condition. So I guess it's not specifically about, um, you know, the the early canon, um, early cardiac formula, sorry, the Royal Canon early cardiac formula, um, but about prescription diets in general and about feeding your pet kind of raw versus kibble versus commercial food versus home cooked food as well. So there's a lot behind that. You know, equally, I'm a big believer that if you are aware of all of these issues, then you are absolutely in your right to make up your own mind about what's best for your dog. That's absolutely fine. But I'm a big believer that these aren't black and white, uh, you know, black and white topics as is so often put out online, um, in podcasts in this case, um, you know, in videos on YouTube and what have you. Really, there's lots of shades of grey and there's no such thing as a no-risk situation. You know, that's the same when we're medicating our pet, when we're going for surgery, as well as when we're feeding our pet. So if you're aware of all of the potential risks and all of the potential benefits and the evidence behind those, then you're going to be in a much better position to make an informed decision that's right for you and that's right for your pet. So remember, you can check out that um, Raw versus Kibble ebook at ourpetshealth.com com slash raw diet guide for more information about this subject so i hope that answered your question susan i hope it gave all of you food for thought about you know what the best thing to feed your pet might be i'd really love to hear your thoughts as well on this topic i know it's a really emotional topic and an emotive topic uh, so if you just head over to the show notes and leave me a comment uh, you know what are you feeding your pet why have you made that decision and how's your pet done on that diet have you noticed any changes since maybe you changed their diet from one thing to another i'd really love to hear your your thoughts and opinions on this topic the other thing that i wanted to talk to you about today and that i I meant to mention in the intro but forgot was that um as you're no doubt be aware uh, i've kind of changed the format of this show slightly so rather than answer multiple questions every week i'm just going to be answering one question um every episode so that will just allow you to kind of pick and choose which ones you want to listen to you know maybe there's others that you're not so interested in that topic and it means that you're not kind of wasting your time if you like uh kind of listening to something that you're not particularly interested in so you know i'm really conscious that we're all pushed for time and i personally find listening to long podcasts um you know really challenging i've got a limited 
amount of time I tend to listen to podcasts in my car which is probably where most of you are listening to this so you know depending on what you're doing you know time is valuable but anyway I'd love to hear your thoughts on the format uh you know let me know you can find me over on twitter or instagram and my handle is at our pets health or you can um, hit me up on facebook and my page is our pets health tv so i'd love to see you over there say hi and let me know your thoughts on the format of this show also remember to subscribe so you don't miss out on all of the future questions Um, and i'm going to be releasing trying to release anyway a couple of questions every week so the days might change around a bit as i kind of find the best format that suits um, me and my schedule and, and kind of spreads things out a little bit so i'm thinking maybe releasing on monday and thursday um that might change but you know if you're subscribed you're going to get an update when i release a new question anyway um and also if you do enjoy these podcast episodes please remember to leave me a, a leave me a review on apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this show as well it helps more than you can imagine with other people finding these podcasts and allows me to help more pets which is really what my mission is so anyway that's it for me i'm dr alex this is the call the vet show and until next time take care you've been listening to call the vet be sure to rate review subscribe and we'll see you on the next episode of the show that answers all of your pet questions